Good morning. Welcome to worship. Our Holy Gospel from the first chapter of John. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip. He said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit or guile. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, that you shall see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in our time of meditation together today to pray with me to invoke the Holy Spirit in our time of meditation. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The ushers are going to be handing out to you a little um, placard that I want you to uh, just hold on to. Just hold on to it. Receive it. Put it down in the pew. Don't even look at it. Just put it in the pew and set it aside. We're going to get back to that very, very shortly. One of the things, as I have been spending some time obviously meditating and reflecting on these passages this week, is that I really like to look at all of the passages to kind of see if there's some kind of a central message coming out of all three, of the, three or four of the passages that are assigned for this, this particular Sunday. And I do that every week. And one of the things that seems quite apparent to me as I have read all of the lessons, including the psalm, is that it's very clear to me that these passages have everything to do with how God sees us and also about how God also calls us in the midst of that seeing us. And I just want to run through each one of the texts briefly. Obviously, we've got this wonderful story in the first Samuel text today. It's the calling story of Samuel. The one thing that I've always found interesting is that it talks about the fact that in those days, visions were not frequent, or that somehow divine revelation was not something that was happening on a frequent basis. That phrase has always kind of stuck with me because it seems to me that that phrase also speaks a word of truth to me today as I look at our current context in life. And I wonder sometimes, as I look out upon the world, I say to myself, where are the God visions today? Where are the God visions? Where are the words of God being spoken clearly today in such a way that the world is truly hearing them? Because it seems to me that it's pretty silent out there. And yet we have this very distinct voice of God calling 
upon this young man, Samuel, and he is going to be a voice. He's going to be an instrument for God. He's going to speak the word. And then in Paul's letter to the people of Corinth, Paul reminds us of how Christ sees us. Christ sees us first and foremost as children of God, where the Spirit abides within us. The Spirit lives in us. And because that Spirit lives in us, therefore it affects the behaviors and the choices of how we live our lives. Do you not know that your, member, your bodies are members of Christ? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? And then we have this reading from the Gospel of John today, another calling story. And we have this wonderful story about how Jesus knows, knows Nathaniel already. He, always, he already knows very character of Nathaniel. He knows Nathaniel's heart. Even though Nathaniel is a bit of a skeptic, what good can come out of Nazareth? And yet Jesus sees within him a heart of receptivity. And he sees within him someone who's going to be a faithful follower and a voice for the gospel. One of the things that we can count on, one of the things that we can count on in our walk of faith with Jesus is the fact that the Word of God never changes. If there's anything that's stable about this world, it's the fact that the Word of God never changes. We can put our trust in the fact that this Word never changes. And that's probably a good thing because if the Word of God never changes, Obviously, that means that's the place where we can ground ourselves. That's the place where we can put our trust. And I mentioned this last week, and I think it's something that's worth reminding ourselves of, is that even though this very Word of God is constant and it never changes, but the power behind that constancy and the fact that that Word never changes, the power behind that is, is that it's through the working of the Holy Spirit, that constancy and that never-changing Word, it has the power to change and to transform us. It has the power to transform and change and renew when we see ourselves as Jesus sees us. And so how might our daily walk of faith in this world be different or transformative if we were able to see ourselves each day with the eyes and the vision of Jesus? Because you see, there is a fundamental issue going on here. And there are very few prophetic voices in this world today. But one of the persons that I hear a prophetic voice is in the person of Reverend Dr. Barbara Brown Taylor. She is a seminary professor and she is a pastor. And I think that these words are powerful prophetic words. She says the problem is is that many of the people in need of saving are in churches. And at, and at least part of what they need saving from is the idea that God sees the world the same way they do. Does that make sense to you? Well, let me put it in another way. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you some truth. The truth is, God does not see the world the way you do. You've got your, every one of us has our own little box to put God in. 
I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. And we've got our own little Jesus right here in our box. And this is the only way in which we want to see Jesus. And this is the only way that we want to interpret our world because we have our idea of how Jesus should see the world through our eyes. And that's what we need saving from. Because God doesn't see the world the way we do. And it's time that we as Christians all around the world, that we wake up and we start seeing the world the way Jesus and the way God sees the world. But I have no power to do that. All I can do is bring the message. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit that's going to work upon me and you. And I believe that it's because of the constancy, the constancy of this scripture, that eventually God will be the final word in all of it. God is going to basically come and say to the world, you're not seeing the world the way I see it. You know, things haven't changed much since my last sermon three years ago on this text. Because the question that I asked three years ago on this very same text, I'm asking the question again today. How well is the world and the people in it, how well are we listening and paying attention to God's word of truth? I asked that question three years ago, and I'm asking the question again today. Because it's as relevant today as it was three years ago. And I can tell you that as a pastor, it is getting more and more difficult for us in this American culture to speak truth. Because truth has been so lost in the midst of all the noise that's out there. And I am gravely concerned that God's word is being distorted and misrepresented by people who claim and who call themselves Christian because they need to be saved from themselves because they believe that God sees the world the way they do. And that's what we need saving from. The Christian church is not, the Christian church in America is not the American religious, it's not the American national religion. And it's about time we wake up to that. We're not American followers of Christ. We're not national Americans following Christ. We are followers of Christ, period. And the Christ that we follow and the truth that Jesus, that Jesus wants us to hear and the way that Jesus sees the world and the way that Jesus wants us to understand the world and the way in which Jesus sees the world and how Jesus sees and wants to see us and how Jesus wants us to see others in the world has everything to do with love and mercy and healing and hope. It has everything to do with compassion and humility, empathy and acceptance. It has everything to do with no distinction between Jew or Greek or black or white, Asian, Hispanic, male or female. In the eyes and in the power of the words of God, there is no distinction. And we are the ones that need to be saved. We are the ones that need to be saved who seem to think that God sees the world that we, the way we see it. So what might we do? What might we do with these living words? And how might we hear and discern them from the perspective of how God and Jesus sees us? Maybe it just simply means that we need to get back to the basics. And what I mean by that is that we need to just simply get back to the basics of somehow approaching Scripture and applying it to our lives. But we need, to, we need to get back to Scripture 
And we need to get back into Scripture with a heart and a, of, of humility and with a heart of receptivity. And we, get, we do that by surrendering ourselves to God when we receive that Scripture and we ask ourselves, God, what is it that you want to teach me as it applies to my life of faith? And that's where this little card comes in. This is the assigned psalm for today. Lord, you have searched me out. O Lord, you have known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places and are acquainted with all my ways. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips, but you, O Lord, know it altogether. You encompass me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will thank you because I am marvelously made. Your works are wonderful and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you while I was being made in the secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs, you were un you yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. My days were fashioned before they came to be. How deep I find your thoughts, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would be more in number than the sand. To count them all, my lifespan would need to be like yours. I want you to live with this text this week. I want you to, in a spirit of humility and in a spirit of receptivity, live into this passage this week. That's why I've given it to you. Live into it. On the back side, I'm helping, I've got some ideas on how you might live into this text. And apply it to your life. Apply it to the way in which you live out your faith. And here are some ways to do it. Read it completely. Read the psalm every day. Read it completely. And then I want you to read each verse aloud or silently, but I want you to read each verse slowly, meditatively, and read each verse at least three times. And then as you do that, I want you to be open to discerning which one of these verses, one verse, I want you to be open to which one verse is speaking to you on that particular day. And I want you to pick that verse that speaks to your soul and to your heart and your mind. I want you to pick that one verse for that one particular day. And then I want you to do something. I want you to maybe, a lot of you carry business cards. I find it really interesting that we walk around in this world, we carry business cards with us. Even if we're not really people, we, we just want people to know who we are. Oh, hi, this is me. How many times have I been given a business card by somebody and they're not even working anymore? They're retired. Oh, here's, here's my business card. Write it down someplace and carry it with you. Put it into your purse, put it into your, your, your breast pocket, whatever. The verse that spoke to me this morning is verse 5. You encompass me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. That is my verse for today. You encompass me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. And I'm going to carry this with me today. I'm going to live into this verse today. And then one of the things I want you to do is I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that God or Jesus is actually speaking to you through that verse. 
And what does that verse tell you about God? When I hear this, you encompass me behind and before you lay your hand upon me. That means that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters that God has me. God has my back. God has my going out and my coming in. God has me. And God is right there. His hand's upon me. And then what does it say to you about how God sees you? How does the verse make you respond? Does it inspire? Does it encourage you? Does it convict you? Do you see a life situation or a person in your life differently because of this verse, how it's speaking to you today? Do you sense the presence of Jesus? Do you sense grace and love from God? Do you sense uh, any, any form of gratitude or thankfulness because of the, the way in which God sees you? And how does this verse cause you to see people around you? Does the verse cause you to see people around you in a different way? more positive and hopeful way. This is the never ever changing constant word of God. We are the ones that need to be changed. We are the ones that need to be transformed. And how are we going to do that? Only through having a spirit of humility and receptivity. That is the only way that we're going to get out of this box of somehow thinking that God sees the world the way that we see the world. The reality is, God doesn't see the world the way we see the world, and we need to be more open and receptive to the way in which God sees the world and the way in which Jesus sees the world. I would just simply invite you to live into the verse and apply it to your life. And then ultimately, in the end, say a prayer of thanks to God for God's love for you. And to also claim the promise that absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now please join me in the Lord's prayer as the Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing, so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in peace and tell what God has done. And thanks be to God. Hallelujah.